Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back every day. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now. Uh, Frank Bonner from WKRP in Cincinnati passing away today at the age of 79. So he started talking a bit about uh, sitcoms from the late 70s, early 80s that morphed into sitcoms from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And it has led to a crush of texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Mr. C says, uh, TV showed replays Bob of Gilligan's Island. That did not hold up, but Mr. C says, MASH still holds up as does Cheers all of these years later. Again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. And we talked a bit about the fact that Oilers Pro Scouting is taking place. Um, the mechanisms and windows Edmonton could create some more space, and we ended up talking a bit about Zach Cassian, and I said point blank. There will be interest in Zach out there. Of course, that's led a bunch of you to say, the owners can't afford to trade Zach, especially with the way the games are played. you got to have physical players. So we're going to hit on these two topics with our next guest. His name is Louis DeBrusque, and he is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Louis, how you doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. i got to tell you, I love Gilligan's Island. That was Did one you? of my favorites growing up. Yeah, I just loved it. I just thought it was goofy. It was a different story every time. And, yeah, you know what? I just like the concept for sure. Can I ask you a question? Though? If the professor was so smart, how come he could never engineer a way to get off that island? <laughs> he couldn't figure it out, right? Yeah. Right. But that's what made it great, too, was yeah. they came so close so many times, and then they just couldn't get off. But, yeah, if they would have got off the island, the show would have been over in one episode. Yeah, no, no. So they had to stretch it out for a few years. Uh, what about uh, WKRP in Cincinnati? Did you like that show at all? Um, I remember vaguely. Didn't really take to it as much, but I do remember it. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, growing up in those shows, it just uh, – you, you have to kind of think a little harder to go back and remember them. But uh, the Gilligan's Island one for me, that just seemed to be right at the right time slot to get home from school. It just seemed to be on every single day at the right time. So it was there. Now, is there any shows – like, I know you. We, we've talked about this before. All the way back in the mid-'90s, I know that uh, you were a guy that had a lot of time for, for movies and a big movie fan. But is there yeah. – is, is like, are you, are, you, are you more of a Netflix and Apple guy now? As a, or is there a show that you watch every week? You know, it's funny. I used to be a big movie guy, I think, like a lot of people. And uh, as you get older, you have kids. The, ki- the movies you select are more for the children, which are – good for us too don't get me wrong i love kids movies and i just i used to like taking the kids to movies and we used to do that as a family but and then over time you start to kind of not go to as many um i still do enjoy going to the theater though i do enjoy going to the movies it's kind of a night out it's one of those things i like to do and um but now you know with everything there's so many different platforms to be able to watch content it's 
you know, and especially through the pandemic, it's forced us to kind of look at things. I am a big Netflix guy. I am a big, you know, prime guy. I like to kind of find series that I can dig into. And I'm a little bit behind the eight ball, so to speak. I mean, guys will, will recommend shows to me. I didn't watch Breaking Bad until it was over, until it was done. But for me, it was new. You know, for me, I jumped into it. And the thing yeah. I like about that is I don't have to wait for the next season to come out. Like right now, Ozarks is a series that I watched, yeah. and I'm waiting for the next season to come out. Um, you know, and it, it seems to be taking forever. True Detective, you know, was one that I really liked. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'll pick them up. But the problem is it takes usually a year, sometimes two years, for that next season to come out. And you lose interest in it a little bit. So there, there is a benefit to jumping in late and watching it right through. Yeah, there's no question. Now, when you were in your playing days, uh, because back then people went to the movie theaters, yep. are we are we allowed to shortly here? I don't even know. Are we allowed to go back to the movie well, theater? Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on going for Father's Day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're planning on going and, and hitting a movie. So, you know, they are opening up or they're open up now and we're going to, we're going to book and obviously it's online. You book seats, it's designated seating, which to be honest with you, I love. Um, I think that's great. You know exactly where you're going to be sitting instead of getting into the theater and trying to scramble into a spot Uh when it's full. This is, you know, you get to see it up front. So a little more of a VIP kind of feel to it, but uh, yeah, that's again, it was used to be something we used to do a lot and uh, we're looking forward to doing it again. Did you have when you played? Were there a couple other guys that when you guys were on the road? Yeah, that, like <laughs> yeah, the, go for it. You know what? Sorry, Bob. Yeah, you know what? It was. It was. That's what we did. You know, that was a, a lot of our, a lot of our on the road revolved around that dinner, movies, and you know, because you were keeping it pretty simple the night before a game. To be honest with you, you weren't really. You were getting into a city. A lot of times it was, let's get a quick dinner in a nice place, and then let's try and find a late movie or vice versa. You got in the afternoon, let's try and catch an early movie and then have dinner afterwards, and that was kind of how you based your day. There were certain cities, you know, San Jose, that movie theater is just behind the hotel, the Fairmont there. Um, It's closed down now, but that used to be the ideal spot. You could hit original Joe's for a, a chicken parm the size of your head and then walk across the street and catch a movie. And they, they had, I think it was 11 or 14 cinemas in their theaters that you could go into. So those were the places that we liked the most because it was just so accommodating in that regard. You didn't have to walk too far. You could get a good meal, see a movie, and then it was bedtime type of thing. But, um, yeah, you know, Scotty Thornton and I used to go to a lot of movies together. We lived together our first few years in Edmonton, and we always had a crew of guys going. We'd be sitting on the bus saying, hey, listen, this new movie came out. Let's go. Let's check it out. And we'd always have a handful of the 10 guys that would go to the movie. Yeah. Uh, how different do you think it was this year? Last 50, you know, like starting yeah. the last year in Edmonton, but then obviously during the course of the season, how, how, just it's got to be almost a, a, a life-altering experience for those players to have, you know, be getting tested every single day to be – restricted to the degree that they were restricted and 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 they yeah. would say they were fortunate to play but it's got to be a completely different experience i think it was awful to be honest i think it was life-altering for everybody involved in the globe you know i really do and no different for nhl players or any athlete for that matter that's used to being able to get into a city enjoy the city a little bit go out have a dinner it's kind of what makes being a professional athlete the best is <laughs> the fact that you get to indulge in those things. You get to experience different things. You get to, you know, go into a city. There'll be certain restaurants you just love to go and, and eat at, and you'll have lists. There'll be, you know, conversations again on the bus. It's like, listen, you have to try this new restaurant. It's fantastic, and 12 guys will go and book a reservation and go, and that's 
the camaraderie that you and I have talked about this year that it was missing. That's and, and I think that's what, you know, for me, I think that's what the players missed the most. It was really difficult for them to be together, which they're together all the time. So it leads to a lot of time alone. And I just, I don't think that's good for anyone. And I certainly don't think it's good for young athletes that are, you know, you're focused on your trade and you're, you're dialing in and doing that, but to not be able to have the other aspects of that to kind of downplay the pressures and the rigors and the physicality and the mental pressures of being an athlete, it, it made it very difficult. And I think there was a lot of players that were pretty candid about that. For us, the same thing, Bob. We have a great time on the road. We have a great time going out for dinners as a media group. We uh, The conversations are excellent. The night before the game, you're not only just having conversations, but you're almost prepping for the game the next day as well. Something you might say will spark an interest in me that maybe I'll go in and you know, do a little bit more research on it. The next thing you know, that comes out in what you're saying in the game the next night. We miss that as well. You know, we miss that, you know, connection and that camaraderie of just, you know, being able to chat and have groups and, and a fun time um, getting ready for games. And I, I just think it was a, a real trying year for everybody involved. I don't think that the players, when they say that, or they're being, you know, truthful and serious that it was unlike any year before, like everybody else, it, 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 we had to make certain sacrifices and changes in all walks of life and uh, no different for NHL players. I think it was a very, very tough year. And I don't, I don't think we're giving them the credit they deserve with the product they put on the ice throughout the course of this year. How different does it seem watching the games out of the Canadian division and then watching Montreal and Vegas play the last two games in Vegas with a, with a complete oh. full pack crowd? Look? <laughs> unbelievable it is. I, just, I swear i think it's so great i i mean it just brings a smile to my face because that's what it's all about isn't it i mean without the fans really like is there even a league no it's not even like it just they go hand in hand you know this is this is this is the togetherness i mean and you can see the fans are pumped they're excited the players are excited to have fans back in the building i know they're going to put a few more another thousand i heard they've uh they granted for to go into Montreal for games three and four, from what I understand. Um, so that's slowly but surely working it that, that way. I know that the vaccinations are going up, so I mean, we're hoping that we can get back to phase three in July. And all this is this is all real positive. It's all real positive and taking steps to getting back to where we all want to be. And uh, you know, not take it for granted as much, you know, because we've we've missed that for the last year and a half. It's been a totally different world and. We want to get back to, to what we had before and grow even more. But, uh, yeah, having those fans in the building, I, I just think it's it's amazing. I mean, you could just <laughs> – I just love watching the reactions after goals. And you can't even talk because it's so loud there. And you know how loud Vegas is. Vegas is one of those buildings that – I mean, they've done it right, right from the beginning. And it's Las Vegas. Obviously, you understand they have a flair for that. But when you go in there, it's an event. And it's, you know, it's allowed those speakers. I remember, you know, before the game, when they were testing out the speakers and playing music and all that, I'd have my coffee on the dashboard, and I'd be going through my notes, and we're going through packs on the video and talking to my producer in the truck and just kind of getting ready for the game. And they started to blare that music, and it was so loud, and the vibrations through the building, my coffee fell off the ledge. <laughs> like, it just vibrated right off the ledge. It was just, it, you know, you can feel it to your toes in there. Awesome to see. Louie, uh, you know, it's interesting because a couple of Edmonton's best wins 
in the three prior years to this year were in Vegas. Yeah. And there were a ton. Of, I mean, the first time the Oilers played there, there was between, I'd say, four to 5,000 fans there to the point that Vegas wanted to limit the amount of fans from out-of-town fans coming in to the game. But here's my theory on Vegas. Okay, I don't Louis? think they should do that. I think that should be something they should never indulge in because that's what makes it a special place too. I, I agree. It makes it a special place because people can go there and watch the game and take in the environment in Vegas and they're hockey fans. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with any team you want to cheer for. I, right. you know, I'm, I'm just a hockey fan, so I don't think they should ever indulge in that. So, Louie, here's where I was going to go. People are like, oh, Vegas does such an awesome – and they do do a good job in terms of the game night uh, uh, events and everything that they've got around it, but they've got a couple huge advantages, okay? Usually when people go to Vegas, either it's a group of guys or a group of gals or whatever, or conversely, it's a couple and maybe they've left their – their kids at home with their parents, and and so they're into it. They're into the experience. They're going. They're going hard for the time that they're in Vegas, right? So maybe yep. they're ha- maybe they're having. It's kind of like a college football experience, right? They're tailgating before games. So, so you're saying they're pretty prime by the time they get into the building. I'm saying they're prime <laughs> by the time they get. And I and, and oh by the way. You know, it's it's 45 degrees Celsius right now, but it's, you know, maybe it's 22 to 28 degrees Celsius in January or February. Okay, now contrast yeah. that contrast that with, you know, you're sitting there in, in Edmonton and you're leaving work and you know what? Uh, it's minus 17 outside and you're coming to Roger's place. It's Now, Saturday night where you have a little bit extra time and it's an off day for a lot of people, those tend to be louder crowds in Rogers Place. And, of course, come playoff time, everybody's geeked up. So I've always felt with Vegas they've had a couple real advantages because, oh. the, because the experience of Vegas gets totally enhanced, Louie. It does. You know, an argument to that would be Chicago, though. It gets pretty darn cold in Chicago, yet their fans are pretty lively. And that's just, you know been passed on from generation to generation in original 16. You know, I, I just think that, you know, when you when you look at certain places like that, but I do agree with you. There's no question that there's an advantage in Vegas. It's the same thing within California, Staples Center. I mean, you know, you look at that building, it's a, it's it's an amazing um, facility. It's an amazing city. It's L.A. You know, you go down there, the weather's nice. It's just a different feel when you're walking into the building. No question. Arizona, I played there for three years, did the color there for three years on the radio side, and same thing. You're taking your jacket off when you walk out of the building, not putting another one on. You know, there's just a big different feeling there. But listen, once you get into the bowl, once you get into the game, it's the product on the ice. It's the team that's going to build that atmosphere and that enjoyment. And I agree. You know, listen, the, the fans here in 2017 coming out for the first playoffs in a while at Rogers Place, I'll tell you what. They're you awesome. Feel the vib- you can feel the vibration in Rogers Place too. It's an amazing atmosphere. It just is. It's incredible. And and unfortunately this year that was lost. It was missed. And you know what? I got to tell you, the fans in Canada, the most passionate fans in the world, when they can get out there and, and start cheering for the team. Look at the Canadians fans right now that were down in Vegas. I mean, Montreal's buzzing. The whole province is buzzing. I mean, all of Canada's buzzing to have a Canadian team in the conference final again. And you know what? Um, I'm looking forward to the day that the Canadian cities can have full buildings back because I think it's going to be explosive. I think people are going to be pumped to be back in watching live hockey, and I think the players are going to love it too because the atmosphere is going to be terrific. Well, one player we I personally think has been affected by not having fans has been a part of the conversation on today's show. Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Nice segue. 
and that is Zach Cassian, okay? Because, uh, you know, I, I've, I'm going to say it again on the show. I'm telling you right now, the Oilers, can, there, there would be takers for Zach Cassian. He has an element the teams need. You're watching what's happening in playoff hockey. You have to have physicality in the lineup. Uh, so Randy from Brooks says, Zach has been all but invincible since he signed his contract. With fans back in the stands next season, it will be a defining year for him. First of all, Louis DeBrus, do you agree that there'd be teams interested in Cassian out of the marketplace? And do you think he'd be better playing off the fans a bit in a normal situation, in, in, a, in a, a more normal, uh, traditional type of experience in game? Yes and yes. You know, no question. I, I do think there will be a lot of interest in Zach Cassian. Um, obviously, his price point now makes it a little different than it was a few years ago. But there's no question when he's playing the game that he can play. And listen, I thought he got better as the year went on late in the season. Uh, Dave Tippett started to use him a little bit more. And I think that's the important thing is he, he's a player that has to play. You know, he's not one of those guys that can play eight to ten minutes and just, you know, expect him to go out. He needs to get into the rhythm of the game. He's an excellent skater, and when he's got his legs and he's moving and he's going, I think Tippett started to figure that out even more at the end of the year and into the playoffs that you can throw him out there a little bit extra. He can handle the extra minutes, and it just gets him into the game. You know, you look back, and the one game for me um, where I kind of saw that really come to the forefront and how valuable he could be were the two games they played back-to-back versus Montreal, and it got really physical. It was the big hit on Kara by Romanov, and it just kind of set the domino effect into place. And it was the next shift that Zach Cassian came out and steamrolled Jay Weber. And I mean, ran great clean body check. You just don't get that many licks on Jay Weber like that. I can tell you that right now. He's a veteran, a KG veteran that knows how to protect himself. He sees hits coming. And Zach just blew him up. It was a real good hit. Now, ironically, it was Weber that kind of hurt him with the collision thigh to thigh in the next game. And yeah. what happened in that game? We've talked about this before. As soon as that happened and he was out of the lineup, it was a completely different game. Now, I might be putting a little bit too much emphasis on that. But with Kara out of the lineup, with Cassian out of the lineup, the one thing the Montreal Canadiens can do, and we're seeing that against the Vegas Golden Knights that's known to be a physical, abrasive, and a very pressure-filled team is they can weather that. They have the team that can play that grinding hard style. And the reason why the big line of our Mia Petrie, Petrie, sorry, uh, Perry, and uh, sorry, my dog just ran and, stall. and I thought he was going to start freaking out stall, um, are so effective. They're, they're veterans. They're, they're guys that have done it. Two have won Stanley Cups. And our Mia is a big, solid guy that can work down low, but they can play that physical brand. And even the goal they scored last night, I look at that and I said, that's, that was all set up with the physical play before that, that preceded that. They came in and they were cross-checking, they were hitting, there were three big, solid guys that take up space, can all protect the puck, and try getting it back off of them once they have it in the offensive zone. It's really difficult. So, you know, I, I look at that team, but getting back to Zach Cassian, that's how important I think he is to the role. So the question I have is, if you're going to take him out of your lineup, who's the guy that fills that? Who are the one, two, three guys that fill that? You know, because... Cassian, Kara, you know, physical guys up front, you you have to have that element in your lineup. You have to have those players, yeah. you know, that are, you know, you know how, how should I say it? I can't say it on the air, but disturbers. Yes. <laughs> disturbers to a degree where they go out there and they drag you into the fight. The Matt Hendricks of the world. 
You know, I'm telling you, those guys are coveted right now in the game. And especially last year when there was no fans in the building, you needed people to drag you into that fight, create that energy, create that animosity, that tension in the game. Um, Komarov, the guy for the New York Islanders, I watched this guy play in every single shift. It seems like he's in the mix somewhere. Yep. He's bumping into somebody. He's cross-checking somebody. He's talking to somebody. The guy fights maybe five times in his whole career. It's not about the fighting. It's about bringing that energy and that nastiness and making it really difficult to play against you. And I think Edmonton does need more of that. There's no question about that. I think they need more of that. They had a real nice response in that game against Montreal. And for me, that was the first time we really saw that tested. And I thought the response was, you know, excellent in that game. But it came at a cost. A couple guys got hurt. And then the next thing you know, you're diminished in that role. And it really did. It really showed itself in the second game. Well, Louie, I think that the player that you could maybe get to replace, and I, again, I'm not saying you trade casting. The analytics guys would tell you you got to move that money out and spend better. That's what the analytics guys would tell you. I would I would say there's a strong argument to be made from a character, guts perspective, you need to keep Cassian. But you said, how do you replace him? It might very well be a, a UFA like Yoel Armia out of Montreal who kills penalties. And that's the one thing for me that concerns me at the price point for Cassian. He doesn't play power play. And he doesn't play, and he doesn't kill penalties. And... He used to. They took him off of it. You know, I, I agree. You know, you have to. So if you're not doing that, then you need to be five on five. You need to be that, be that tenacious four checker that finishes every check, that has an edge, that stops in front of the goaltender every single shift, makes someone push you out of the blue paint. There's little tiny things, and trust me, Bob, I'm, I'm talking from experience here. I was an enforcer. I knew when I was doing my job and when I wasn't doing my job. When I wasn't doing my job, these are the things that I got away from doing. You have to make yourself a part of that game. You have to go in there and you have to force the opposition to deal with you on a nightly basis. You have to force them to recognize you're an issue, you're a problem, and we have to deal with you. And I'll tell you right now, there's not a lot of guys that want to deal with Zach Cassian. He's going to get an exponential amount of room I, I if he agree. keeps doing that. And his game will come around. And I think Dave Tippett's the type of coach. I, and, you know, listen, we've had him for a couple of years now to, to call his games and see how he does things. And I just feel that he will recognize that and he will give Zach more ice time, more opportunities to do the other things because the more you have a player like that on the ice – um, look at Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson, how many fights did he have this year? You know, yeah. four, five? I don't even know. It wasn't that many. Um, so it's not about the fighting. I really want to stress that because um, I think that a lot of people look at Zach Cassidy and think, okay, drop the gloves, you know, throw the dupes. That's great that you have that in your repertoire, but it's about what you're doing to get those fights. And gone are the days where you come out, you tap a guy in the face-off like I did a hundred times in my career and fight off the face-off and say, let's go. It's more about reaction. It's more about what can you do, how can you get that opponent off their game to make them have to come to you. Because that's the best. When you're doing enough to make the opposition say, hey, we have to deal with this guy, you've got them where you want them. And the best in the game have always been great at that. And Zach has that little bit of gamesmanship in him. I think he can, he can seriously turn this and manipulate this in his favor. He just has to put the work in. He has to be committed to doing it. I think it's there. I really do. I'm not necessarily saying you have to get rid of him right away. That's not my take on this right now. I think you 
see what lies when you come to the start of training camp, when you come into the season, you see where he can fit in the line because he has attributes that are very hard to replace. I just don't think there's a lot of guys out there to replace him. Louie, I'm going to leave you with a text. It says, hey, Bob and Louie, best chicken parm, original Joe's, San Jose. I'm buying. Let's go again. Oh, by the way, <laughs> keep Cassian. That one comes to us from Barry and Brenda. There we go. Yeah, we the, yeah that was a great got, dinner. That was that, it is the best chicken parm in the world, I'll say. Maybe not better than my wife's because she'll get mad at me if, if I say it's better than hers. She used right. to make me chicken parm in my pregame, so i got to give her the, the credit there. But original Joe's, best on the road. Let's say that. You know, is it wrong that my pregame included Bailey's and coffee? It's not wrong. That's, hey, everybody's preference. Whatever you decide to choose. You know, I, I'm not going hey, to judge you. You know, you can, hey, it's, but you know me. I, I, I get, like, I start to salivate, maybe even have to, you know, kind of dab the side of my lips a little bit before we get into Rizzo Joe's because it's a staple for me. I'll, I've, oh, eaten no. it twice in a, I've eaten it twice in a day. I had it for, like, afternoon meal and after a game one time because we were only going in there one time, and I said, you know what? I'm going to doubly enjoy it. That's awesome stuff. Hey, uh, Louie, thanks for your time, man. We'll look up next Thursday. All right, take care, man. Bye. All right, very quick text here. Uh, JJ says, if you can get out from under Cassian's contract without taking anything back, you're absolutely foolish not to do it. I love Cassian, but he just doesn't show up enough. You need toughness, but you need toughness that you can play. Uh, you need toughness that can play and contribute. It is currently, wow, 1258 in Edmonton. We'll tell you, the guests in the show receive gift certificates too. Roos Chris Stakos, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Stakos. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell when we come back for Canadian Power Pack, Kevin Weeks. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.